ವಂದೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರೋ ಶ್ರೀಯುತ ಪರಕಮಲಂ ಶ್ರೀಗುರುನ್ ವೈಷ್ಣವಂಶ್ಚ ಶ್ರೀರೂಪಂ ಸಾಗ್ರಜಾತಂ ಸಹಾಗನಿರ್ಗನಾಥಾನ್ವಿತ ಸಜೀವಂ ಸಾಧ್ವೈತ ಸಾವದೂತ ಪರಿಜನ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ದೇವಂ ಶ್ರೀರಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದಾನ್ ಸಹಾಗನಲಲಿತಾ ಶ್ರೀವಿಶಾಖಾನ್ವಿತ ಜ್ಞಾನಾತಿರಂಡಸ್ಯಾನಂಗಿನಾಶಲಾಖಯ ಚಕ್ಷೂರುನ್ಮೀಲಿತೀಗುರುವೇ ನಮಃ ಪಂಚಕಲ್ಪಾತುರ್ಭ್ಯಸ್ಚಕೃಪಾಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ನಮೋ ಮಹಾವರನ್ಯಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಪ್ರಡಾಯತೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣಾಯ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ನಮನೇ ಗೌರ್ವಿಷೇ ನಮಃ ಹೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣಕರುಣಾಸಿಂಧೋ ದೀನಬಂಧೋ ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗುಪೇಶ ಗುಪಿಕಾಕಂತರಾಧಾಕಂತಮಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತಕಾಂಚನಗೌರಂಗೇ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೀಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿಪ್ರಿಯೇ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತಗಧಾರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸರಿ ಶ್ರೀ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ ರಮ ರಾಮೋ ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಹರೇರ್ ನಾಮ ಹರೇರ್ ನಾಮ ಹರೇರ್ ನಾಮ ಇವ ಕೇವಲಂ ಕಲೋ ನಾಸ್ತೇವ 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 ಗತಿರನ್ಯಥ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಒನ್ ಅಗೈನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಕರಲೀನಾ ನಾಮರಸನ ಕರ್ನಾಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಅನಾನಿಮಸ್ ನಂಬರ್ ವೆರಿ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿ ದಿ ಸಿ ಆಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಯು ಅಗೈನ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ರೀಚ್ ನಾವ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ನೈನ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಮನಶಿಕ್ಷಾ ಸೊ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಗೆಟ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ಥರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಎಂಡ್ uh next time i will speak on the 10th verse and then the final time on the 11th and the 12th so we have two more times to go after this but today's the 9th verse and we've heard already in the previous verse uh what we're supposed to do we're supposed to give up all dushtatva all wickedness all badness all uh shaita or all or uh, cheating and this we were supposed to do by worshiping giridhari in vrindavan and by doing that his mercy will descend on us and and wash away these things and we will have the chance of service to shri radha gandharvika this is what we learned in the previous verse and today's verse continues on with this theme so let's Let's uh, again uh, recite the verse together. Madishana tatve vraja vipina chandram rajavane Madishana tatve ಶ್ವರೀಂತನ್ನಾತ್ವೇ ತ್ವೇ 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 ತ್ವೇ
tadatula sakitve tulalitam, shvarim danna tatve, tadatula sakitve tulalitam. Vishakam shikshali vitarana gurutve priyasaro. 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 Girindra utat preksha. Lalitaratidatve smaramanaha. Girindrautat preksha. Lalitaratidatve smaramanaha. Girindrautat preksha. Lalitaratidatve smaramanaha. Girindrautat preksha. Lalitaratidatve smaramanaha. In this verse, Das Goswami continues uh, speaking to his mind and he's been giving different kinds of commands to his mind so far. He's been saying, don't bathe in the acidic uh, urine of the donkey. Bathe instead in this. Worship this. Do this. Don't do that. Now he's telling Smara. Smara is the imperative or, or the the uh, order giving form of the ver verb uh, smr, the verb that gives rise to words such as smriti, smarana, and so on. So smara means remember. Please remember, mana, oh my mind. Remember. Smarana, to make it a, a, a participle, it means remembering. But smarana doesn't mean remembering in the sense of, did I remember to take the keys? Or I once in a while remember that I'm a married man. Or, or it doesn't mean this kind of uh, something popping into your head now and then. Smarana or remembrance in this sense, in this sense when it is used by the Gaudiya Vaishnava Acharyas, uh, it means meditation, smarana. The verb smr uh, that gives rise to the, the substantive smriti, remembrance, uh, is in pa the Pali language, the language that is the canonical language of the, the Theravada Buddhist school. Uh, in that language, which is related to Sanskrit, but a little bit we could say simplified. Uh, smriti is sati. And sati, if you know anything about the today very popular practice of uh, uh, mindfulness, the word mindfulness in English comes from this sati or uh, in, in Pali. So it's really the same word as smriti. Today, when people speak about mindfulness, they usually think of uh, a kind of conscious acceptance of the world, a conscious non-judgmental awareness, that would be better, uh, non-judgmental awareness. So sitting here in this chair, like I'm doing now, 
being aware of the sun outside, hearing my mother's voice somewhere, uh, feeling the coolness of the air. So a kind of uh, powerful sensory uh, presence in the, in the present. Feeling everything, but not reacting to it, not judging it, not thinking, hmm, I don't like that sound. I like that uh, smell. I don't like that touch. So this is how people today understand mindfulness. But mindfulness in the ancient Buddhist texts, in the, in the, in the Pali suttas, is really much more close to what Raghunath Das Goswami is describing here. Uh, sati in the Pali texts usually refers to focusing your mind on a particular phenomenon in the material world and realizing then that it is temporary without any foundation. So this kind of smriti that Raghunath Das Goswami is, is asking us to engage in here, remembrance, doesn't simply mean remembering, aha, it's like that, it's not like that, but it's rather a conscious effort of focusing the mind on particular topics. From the yoga scriptures, we know that there are several different stages and several different, uh, we could say, uh, layers of remembrance. The first kind of remembrance is simply uh, learning something. Like we're listening to these verses, uh, we're hearing the meaning of these verses. And then that sometimes stuck, stays in the mind. If we're in a particularly good mood or we're very well concentrated or something, then it might st stick in the mind. And we, we might remember it. Aha, Brigupad said like that. That would be kind of the most basic type of remembrance. But then when we kind of return to that topic and we delve into it more deeply, uh, we can come to the stage that uh, Rishi Patanjali calls uh, uh, dharana or concentration, where we consciously put the mind to the topic that we're trying to remember. And we'll hear about all these things that he's asking us to remember here, of course, in a little while. So dharana can be compared to drops of water falling from a broken uh, faucet. Remembering Krishna, Krishna. And then, hmm, I wonder if I should have some ice cream later on today. Would be really nice. Which one should I have? Should I go for the Manganam or which one should I? Oh yeah, Krishna, Krishna. So it's like drops of water falling in the in our mind. Sometimes remembering Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna. Ice cream. I wonder if I should have some chocolate. Ah, oh, Krishna, Krishna, like that. The next stage is Dhyana or meditation proper. That's when we are retaining. Uh, the same, same object in our mind. It's not exactly the same, but rather the thoughts follow each other in such a way that it looks like the mind is still. 
How long does a thought uh, last? What do you think, Sakirat? How long does a thought last? Forever. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> Good guess. But unfortunately, this world is not like that. Yeah. It is temporary. Everything in this world lasts this long. Moment. Everything is just made up of these moments. But our Maya, our illusion, of course, is that we, we don't see this. We think that the Brigupada who is sitting here today is the same as the one who sat here a week ago. He's not. Most, many cells have changed. These kind of uh, skin cells, they, they uh, live only for a day or so. So there's lots of things have, have happened to this body and the mind as well. So thoughts, they last really for only a moment. But when our thoughts follow each other in the way that we think of Krishna this moment, Krishna this moment, Krishna, 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 every moment, then that's dhyana. Patanjali says, when the thoughts are one-pointed, when they all kind of coalesce around the same point, so that it looks like nothing is happening. Like if you're pouring, you go back to this water drop example. Dhyana is like pouring oil from a can. You know how it looks. It looks like nothing is happening. There's just this string of oil from the can. But if you look closely, you see it actually pouring. It's just so, so uh, uh, the, the, the oil is pouring so nicely, so it looks like nothing is happening. So in the same way, it looks like nothing is happening in the mind, but it's actually new and new thoughts, but they're all focused on the same thing. So that's dhyana. And then the next stage, samadhi, uh, or concentration, is when we're so focused on the object we're meditating on that everything else is forgotten. We might even forget that we are thinking about that object. This is the meaning of all the... Uh, uh, Upanishadic statements like uh, Soham, like in the Gopala Tapani Upanishad. If you read the Gopala Tapani Upanishad, it's all really nice until you come to the state statement, Soham Gopala, I am that Gopala. And we're like, oh no, this is a Mayavadi text. That's not, no, it's not correct. But it's the feeling in the meditation. I am Gopala. I'm meditating so deeply on Gopala, so I'm identifying with him. I don't become Gopala, of course, but there's this kind of meditative absorption. It can be understood in different ways as well, but this is the most common understanding. So that my point here is that there are different stages of, of smarana or remembrance, different stages, one after the other, and the things that we're going to hear about here, we can use all of these things as uh, points of meditation. I just heard uh, in yesterday's class, uh, Gaur Sundar Prabhu was saying that in one yoga movement he had been uh, affiliated with, uh, in his youth, they used to say that it doesn't matter what you meditate on. The point is that you fix your mind 
Uh, doesn't matter if it's a Lotus or a, a Orm or whatever, it's all the same. But it's not. It's obviously not the same. You can try to meditate on uh, the sound Om, and then you can try to meditate on uh, uh, the Holocaust. Except the effect will be quite different. One will bring you up, one will make you really anxious and depressed and scared. So it makes a huge difference what we meditate on. And in this verse, Shla Raghunathas Goswami will give us uh, some examples of Smarana. In this verse, he's going to create a whole picture, a whole mental picture of Vrindavan. He said in the previous verse, uh, worship Giridhari in Vrindavan. So now we're wondering, what kind of a place is this Vrindavan? He says, Madishanatatvi Vrajavipina Chandram. And all of these things are then connected with the verb smara at the end. So remember or meditate on the moon of the forest of Raja. And think of him as the Lord of my mistress, Marishana Tattvi. Isha, like in Isha Upanishad, means the Lord. But Isha, with a long A at the end, uh, is the feminine form. So uh, think of the moon of the forest of Vrindavan as the Lord of my mistress. Raghunath Das has intense love for Sri Radha. He has love for Krishna, of course, as well. There's no, no doubt about that. But he really is a servant of Radha. This is his primary identification. So he's saying, remember uh, the moon of Raja's forest and think of him as the Lord of my mistress. Why does he call Krishna the moon of Vrindavan's forest? Rasana, what do you think? Why it call Krishna a moon? My husband will have. Maybe because Krishna is coming from moon dynasty. <laughs> yeah, but in Vrindavan, he doesn't come from the moon dynasty. Okay. In Vrindavan, he's not the, the son of Vasudev. Yes. Maybe because Rasalila. Uh, is during the night. Yes, that I that that's a that's a, a good good suggestion. And also because what does the moon do in in uh, Vedic culture? What, what is the moon connected with? Who remembers? The moon is connected with the mind, with emotion, with mother. Yeah, and more. Uh, There's something that is dripping from the moon. Nectar, Amrita. Yes. So Krishna is this kind of 
uh, is like a moon that is spreading this amrita, this nectar all over. It's like an explosion of amrita, like flooding nectar all around. But he's there in the forest of Vrindavan. He's like a hidden moon there. Sometimes Krishna is called the dark moon. I really like that. The, uh, in the Padyavali, there's a verse where, where uh, Madhya Yashoda calls Krishna her, her dark moon. The moon, of course, is light. Krishna is black or dark. So he's like a dark moon. So paradox. He's also a moon because the moon uh, is very beautiful, very soothing, lighting up the darkness. Similarly, Krishna is lighting up the darkness of Kali Yuga. Uh, like the moon uh, has spots, seeming spots. Similarly, Krishna, it's not, so, it's not always so easy to understand. So we can understand this uh, uh, metaphor of, of the moon of Krishna in different ways. These are just some. So we should remember him, meditate on him. What does he look like in Vrindavan? How old is Krishna in Vrindavan? Shamananda. 11. 14. <laughs> 11 or 14. Yeah. We actually see different statements in different scriptures. Uh, 11 is not wrong. I mean, he grows up there, so at one point he is 11. Sometimes it's said that he's 12 when he kills Kamsa. But he doesn't grow up in an ordinary way. So he's a little bit older than his kind of biological age. He, he develops early. So uh, uh, Siddha Krishnadasa Tatapada in the 18th century, he says that Krishna in Vrindavan should be understood as uh, 15 years old. So like a boy of 15, he's actually younger. It's just 11 or, or 12, but physically he's like a boy of, of 15. And of course we can read and we should read in texts such as Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu about uh, uh, Krishna's beauty, Krishna's uh, qualities, his 64 qualities, including these unique qualities that only Krishna has, that even Narayana, doesn't have his uh, Venu Madhurya, his sweetness of playing the flute, his Rupa Madhurya, his sweet form, and so on. And even the things that we've heard a thousand times, Krishna is dark like a Tamal tree, or Krishna is dark like a, a newly risen rain cloud or thunder cloud, his peacock feather in the hair, dark, wavy uh, hair, uh, a garland around his neck made of forest flowers, stretching down all the way to his knees, golden clothes, uh, a cowherder's rope on his waist. All of these things, uh, this description of Krishna is, is so detailed because it's supposed to make us really think about Krishna. And it's interesting that uh, these descriptions of Krishna and all the other persons we'll hear about here, 
they are sometimes given in a little bit different style. Uh, Guru Maharaj often says that in Vrindavan, Krishna is just like an ordinary boy. He's exactly like an ordinary boy. And that's why, of course, many times when we hear these stories about how Krishna appeared to, for example, Raghunath Das Goswami, uh, or Radha appeared or something, they don't realize it until afterwards. It's not that this blue person came and had a crown and lots of diamonds and things, and they immediately realized, like, oh, this is Krishna, some divine person. But in Vrindama, Krishna is really just like an ordinary boy, like a dark, covered boy. But sometimes the descriptions to make us kind of feel the divinity and make us feel how special everything is. So we'll hear these descriptions of the trees are made of rubies and the leaves are made of, of sapphires or things like that. So we hear a little bit different descriptions aimed perhaps for a little bit different types of people. So where do we get the kind of uh, most accurate descriptions of Krishna and the gopis? Well, in the texts of the Goswamis. We can read in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, for example, we can read a very nice description of Krishna. Uh, in the Radha Krishna Ganodde Shadipika, we can hear read descriptions of, of the Sakis and the covered boys and so on. In Ujvalani Lamani, which is Rupa Goswami's sequel to the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, there are also very nice and beautiful descriptions of, for example, Sri Radha. So uh, we should read these kind of descriptions or hear them from other devotees and try to remember them. We hear in the scriptures that smartavya satatam vishnur vismartavyo najartuchit sarvavidhi nishedhasyur etayor evakinkara. You remember this verse, I'm sure. You should always remember Krishna and never forget him. These, this is the essence of all rules and regulations. All rules and other reg regulations are servants of this. So always remember Krishna. Vishwanath Chakravarti, in his commentary to this verse, he says, a beginner cannot do this. So a beginner should remember Krishna at least once a day. And then we build on that gradually. Gradually, when we get a deeper understanding, a deeper feeling, we'll start to see Krishna uh, around us, not only on the altar, but also in the thunder cloud. We'll recognize Krishna's color and so on and so forth. So the first thing here is to remember Krishna as the Lord of my mistress, the Lord of Radha. Then uh, Vrajavaneshvarim, the Ishvari, or the mistress of the forest of Raja. Again, we're in the forest of Raja. So this is really getting as intimate as we can. Radha and Krishna in the forest of Vrindavan. Tanna Tattve. Krishna was the master of Radha. Radha is the mistress of Krishna. This is one of these paradoxes of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Who is the highest Lord? Krishna. Who is Krishna's Lord? Radha. Who is Radha's Lord? 
Krishna. So they both worship each other. They are both servants of each other and masters of each other. How old is Radha? Imrindavan in the Nitya Lila. I think one day younger than Krishna. No, not one day. This is impossible since uh, Radhastami and uh, Janmastami are not one day uh, uh, separate from each other. She's about one year younger than, than Krishna. If, if Krishna is 15, meditatively, Radha is, is 14 and two months and I think maybe nine days. Nine days because uh, the Nitya Lila, as it is usually understood in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, is kind of this one day which is repeated again and again and again and again. So they are eternally the same age, even up to the day. Uh, and this, of course, can come a little bit as a shock to some people. We're meditating on the, the love, the passionate, amorous love of a couple that is not like in Hollywood movies. The perfect couple would perhaps be like 25 or something like this. 15 and 14. Hmm. Some people get worried when they hear this. Wait a minute. This sounds strange. Children. But it's the same also if we go back in, in Western uh, history, a little bit in time. Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, Juliet. They were also about the same age, I think, or even younger, maybe. So this modern idea of... Uh, uh, only kind of adults uh, loving each other. That's a very modern idea. Uh, and of course, persons at a young age, they're more innocent in a way. They haven't gone through all the things a person that is older has gone through. So there's a special kind of, of uh, urgency and there's also a special kind of uh, uh, intensity in love uh, at this age. This is not a mundane love story, so we can't really compare it to our own life, but still there are some points of comparison. Like we can remember, I'm sure all of us, how intensive everything was when we were like 14 or 15, if we, we were in love with somebody at, at that age. Uh, every single word, every single gesture, we could meditate on that for days and, and weeks. What did she mean? What did he mean? So 14 and 15, they are very young, very innocent, very, very much in love. So Radha, she's, her complexion is golden. Uh, she dresses in uh, clothes uh, of Krishna's color. So they're kind of the opposite. Krishna is dark with golden clothes. Radha is golden with dark clothes. Uh, and she's also described very beautifully in texts like the Ujjvala Nilamani. She wears uh, a pearl uh, by the tip of her nose. She wears different kinds of, 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 of ornaments. She even has a special kind of earrings which are like a, a, a wheel up here, 
on the top of the ear and, and different here. She has a particular kind of, of uh, jewelry here around the neck and so on and so forth. So these kind of descriptions, again, are good to, to read and to try to remember, to try to remember what does Radha look like? Of course, they, they are not uh, exhaustive. These kind of descriptions will not say everything about Sri Radha's beauty or Sri Krishna's beauty, but they will point us at least in the direction uh, that the Goswamis uh, had realized. Uh, she has a braid. Her hair is in one braid. She's a married woman after all. She's married to Abhimanyu, uh, a cowherd man. So she doesn't have two braids like that, but she has one braid. Uh, this braid of hers, what is it compared to? Who remembers? Saragrahi. Is it dancing cobra? Yes. Mm. So it's it's shiny and and beautiful like a like a cobra, and then with this like the cobra has this this uh, uh, like whatever you call that the hood. So in the same way, the hair is coming like that on the top of the head. Uh, so like this, we can meditate on, on Radha. So the meditation is a meditation on Krishna as Radha's Lord and Radha as Krishna's Lord. But it goes on. Tada tula sakitvi tulalita. Remember la, Lalita as their uh, uncomparable friend as Radha's uncomparable friend Tad here refers to Radha so remember Lalita as her best friend Radha of course has uh, uh, eight uh, particularly close Sakhis or Gopis Rupa Goswami in his texts in Radha Krishna Ganondesha Deepika and Ujjwala Nilamani particularly uh, he divides all the different gopis into different groups. Uh, these groups are not so uh, self-evidently explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam. These persons are all there in the Srimad Bhagavatam, but they are not kind of so easy to understand always who is saying what. So the commentators bring out these things. Uh, Radha's eight closest uh, friends are Lalita, Vishakha, Chitra, Champakalata, Tungavidya, Indulekha, Rangadevi, and Sudevi. So the first of them is Lalita. She's, she's always mentioned first because she's Radha's closest friend. Indeed, she's sometimes called Anuradha, kind of the little Radha. She's actually a little bit older than Radha, but she's like the little Radha because she's always hanging out with Radha. Uh, Lalita is uh, the typical example of the Vama Pakshagopi. Uh, well, first of all, maybe I should say that Lalita is uh, uh, the, the foremost of this group of, of Radha's eight uh, Sakis. 
but these eight sakis, they're all so qualified and so beautiful and so expert in everything. So they could have their own groups, just like Radha has. They could be Yuteshwaris or group leaders, but they are not. They want to be in Radha's group. So Lalita is the first of them. She's the Vama Paksha Gopi. It means uh, she has a contrary nature. Rupa Goswami, and of course it's a simplification, but just to make it easier for us to understand, he says that basically there are two types of gopis. Some are the left type gopi and the other, one, other ones are the right type of gopi. Left or vama refers to gopis that are uh, of a contrary di uh, disposition. They easily get upset with Krishna they are not easily controlled by Krishna. Uh, while the right-wing gopis, they are the ones who are, yes, 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 I, I will do like this. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood what you meant. The Vama gopis are, no! Why did you do like that? I'm upset with you. Go away. I never want to see you again. Both of these bring Krishna happiness. Because Krishna is a rasaraja. He likes all kinds of rasas, but he particularly likes this Vama Paksha, these kind of gopis who are kind of these uh, strong, independent persons telling him off. And Lalita is particularly like that. She's hanging out with Radha. Whenever Krishna makes the slightest mistake, she will start scolding him. What did you mean by that? Why are you saying like that to my mistress? You rascal, black boy, run away. We don't want to see you again. And Krishna loves that, of course. Uh, Lalita is uh, uh, said to be the color of Gorochana or, or this kind of very intensive yellow color. Sometimes people ask, the, Krishna is black. Uh, that must be some kind, there must be some kind of race thing here, isn't it? No, there's not. Because the other colors here, they are not uh, human colors. Krishna is not black, black like a black human person. Balaram is not white like a white human person. It's something different. Lalita is not yellow like a yellow human person. She's yellow like Gorochana, really intense yellow. You'll never see a human being of that color, even if uh, a person had jaundice or something like that. Uh, so she, she, she is the color of Gorochana. Her clothes are have many colors, like a peacock's feather. So she's very flamboyant in one sense, very flamboyant. And she's Lalita. Lalita means playful. So she's she's very playful very kind of self-sure and always there with Radha, ready to, to assist Radha in whatever way, said that she, she carries a, a cloth and she will wipe the, the, the sweat of, of Radha's bro. Lalita is also uh, the leader of her own group of uh, assistants, manjaris, Manjaris are younger girls. If uh, uh, Lalita, Vishakha, Chitra, Champakalata, and so on, they're all more or less like 14. The Manjaris are, are younger. They are maybe like 
10, 11, or something like this. Uh, so they are, are uh, prepubescent. They are, they are so young that they still don't have these kind of uh, similar amorous feelings like the older Sakis. And uh, this group of Lalita is the group that most of the Manjaris that we know are a part of. This uh, group of Lalita here belongs Rupa Manjari, for example. Rupa Goswami is Manjari form, but not Raghunathas. He belongs in a different group. And that group we'll hear about next. Vishakam Shikshali Vitarana Gurutve. Remember Vishakha as uh, uh, the guru expert in teaching, singing, dancing, and so on. So if Lalita is the, 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 the first of Radha's Sakis, Vishakha is the next. Vishakha is the same age, exactly the same age as Radha. Uh, her color is uh, like, uh, like uh, a lightning, flash of lightning. Her, her clothes are like a dark sky with stars. And she's very artistic. She's not so Vama as uh, Lalita. Lalita is also very kind of aggressive with her words. Uh, Vishakha is not like that. She's more, more subdued. Uh, and she's very expert in all kinds of arts. She's expert at singing. She's expert at, at drawing things, also at writing poems. So she's this expert at uh, arranging Radha's and Krishna's affairs. Alita is this one who is really kind of adding fuel to the fire when Radha gets angry or upset or something like that. Lalita is more this kind, this person who will arrange and cool down things. Uh, at Radhakund, Lalita's grove, her kunja, is to the north of Radhakund, and Vishakha sit to the northeast. So they are next to each other in the north and the northeast. And Raghunath Das, he, in his manjari form, is in the group of Vishakha. So if we look at the different Gaudiya Vaishnava Acharyas, uh, and if we get access to this information, who belongs to which group and so on. Our acharyas usually belong to the group of Lalita or sometimes to the group of Vishakha. And then of course, the cowherd boys, they have their own groups. But here I'm speaking about this Ujjvala Rasa that is the topic of these verses of Manashiksha. And uh, Raghunath Das, of course, uh, he wants to learn these things from Vishakha. He has his particular service in the Nityalila, but he idolizes Vishakha. She's like this older sister who's expert at everything. She knows how to do so many different things and he wants to learn, she wants to learn. In his Manjari form, Raghunath Das wants to learn from Vishakha. So Radha, Krishna, Lalita and Vishakha. And then two more things to remember. Two more things to meditate on. Priya Saro and Girindra. 
Priya Sarogirindrao, that's a, a dual, both of them together. The Deer Lake and the Indra, or the King of Mountains. These two, we should remember, as uh, giving Lalitarati. That way means as giving. Lalitarati means playful love. Lalita is the feminine form. Lalita just means playful in general. Playful love or prema. Tat preksha, just by seeing. So just by seeing Giriraja or just by seeing Radhakunda, uh, we can get this kind of prema to the, the divine couple. Uh, Raghunathas, after having mentioned Radha, Krishna, Lalita and Vishakha, he mentions these two, these two places. And they are, of course, central places in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Giri, Govardhan, and Radha Kund. Uh, Raghunath Das, when he came to Vrindavan, Vrindavan was still very much undeveloped. Govardhan, not so much. Govardhan uh, is a very central holy place in the Vallabha Sampradaya. The Vallabha Sampradaya was there already in the Vrindavan area when the Goswamis came there. And uh, Raghunath Das, in some of his poems, he's even mentioning Vitalnath, the son of Vallabha. Vitalnath was uh, instrumental in developing the, the Vallabha sites in Vrindavan. And the Vallabha sites in Vrindavan, the sites of the Vallabha Sampradaya in Vrindavan, they're usually centered, or they're mostly centered on Govardhan. So Govardhan is really the, the, the main holy place in Vraja for the Vallabha Vaishnavas. And Raghunath Das, he appreciated this, and he loved Vitalnath, who was Vallabhacharya's son and successor, as a great devotee. Uh, and of course, for us, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Govardhan Hill is also extremely important. Raghunath Das is saying, Govardhan Hill is such a powerful manifestation of, of Krishna that just by seeing that preksha, just by seeing Govardhan, love for Radha Krishna can appear in our hearts. Maybe it doesn't always happen, but it can happen. Guru Maharaj has sometimes gotten this question. In the Puranas, it is said that if you do this and that, then you'll get these amazing effects. Is it true or not? And Guru Maharaj answers, it's true, but it doesn't always happen. But it can happen. There are instances of somebody just seeing Govardhan and becoming completely absorbed in Prema. So we should take this opportunity to see Govardhan Hill uh, by going there, by seeing pictures on social media, or by seeing Govardhan in our own houses. There's a, a practice both within Gaudiya Vaishnavism and in Vallabha Vaishnavism and in Vraja Vaishnavism in general of worshipping uh, stones from the Govardhan mountain, Govardhan Shilas. In our Sampradaya, this is uh, uh, something that Raghunath Das really uh, was instrumental in popularizing. He received the stone of, of Govardhan from Mahaprabhu himself. 
but it's also common in the Vallabha Sampradaya. And there's this idea both within both of these Sampradayas that there's no difference between the whole mountain and every single stone. If you have even a small Giriraj Shila at home, that's like Govardhan Hill. So just seeing this Shila can awaken Prema in us. Of course, we're not supposed to go to Govardhan and just take a stone like that. There are many stories of all kinds of bad things that happen. People do that. Instead, we should get the stone from a sadhu or, or we should um, make a sacrifice to receive it. Sometimes it's said that if you take a stone, you should leave uh, as big a piece of gold in its stead. Uh, I don't know if anybody ever actually did that, but at least it's, it's there to kind of remind us about how precious and how valuable these shilas are. They're not just any stones, but they are Krishna himself, Krishna's uh, Svarupa form in this world. And then the other, other thing, Priyasara, the dear lake, that of course refers to Radha Kunda. Uh, there's a, a, a verse, I think, maybe in the Brihad Gautamiya Tantra saying that just as Radha is dear to Krishna, so is also her lake. The appearance of Radhakund, Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur explains uh, that uh, in detail in his commentary to the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's too long story to go through here, but we know that this is the center of the midday pastimes of Radha and Krishna. And when Giriraj is a holy place that is uh, a Vallabha holy place, just as much as it is a Gaudiya Vaishnava holy place, Radhakunda is uniquely a Gaudiya Vaishnava holy place. It's not that others think that it's uh, made up or anything like that, but it's really a Gaudiya Vaishnava place. There's only Gaudiya Vaishnavas at Radhakund. And of course, we can read about Radhakund uh, in its uh, uh, Nitya Lila form in texts like Govinda Lila Amrita, where we have descriptions of, of how Radhakunda looks in the in the Nitya Lila, with these different bowers, different kunjas around, like we heard Lalita is in the north, Vishakha is in the northeast, and so on. Uh, and again, it's a place that we can visit. Uh, many Gaudiya Vaishnavas take bath in Radhakund, and indeed it's said by Raghunath Das that this is something that can awaken Krishna Prema, Radha Prema, uh, Raghunath Das was instrumental in developing Radhakund. When Mahaprabhu came there, it was just like a small, small puddle of water, more or less, in the middle of a field. Uh, Raghunath Das, he, he, he was the first person to stay there. He, he built uh, steps down. He also made a ramp so that cattle could go down and, and take bath. He thought that it's important even for the animals to be able to take bath in this holy place. Uh, and since then, there's been Mahants or, or uh, leaders of the Gaudiya Vaishnava community in Radhakund. And at Radhakund, of course, Raghunath Das Goswami's Samadhi is there, where uh, since his days, uh, unbroken Kirtan has been going on. Like, not just Kirtan once a day, every day, but all the time Kirtan going on by his Samadhi. So it's an amazing place, amazing place. And again, 
if we can't visit this place physically, we can take advantage of the clay of Radhakund or of the water of Radhakund and seeing Radhakund uh, on in pictures and social media and so on. So in this way, in this verse, Raghunath Das has been giving a, a meditation to us. How to meditate on Krishna, how to meditate on Radha, how to meditate on Lalita, how to meditate on Vishakha, and how to meditate on Radhakund and Giriraj. So this is, of course, very esoteric and high topics, and I've just scratched the surface of this. To my understanding, uh, I haven't properly studied many of these books that I mentioned here, for example, Ujjwala Nilamani. I have it in my bookshelf, but uh, I haven't properly studied it. I just looked up some things in it for this uh, lecture. But uh, if we get the permission of our uh, teachers, we can study these books and learn so many details. But Radha Krishna Ganodesha Deepika, uh, that's a book that I have studied and it's available, I think, on the Pure Bhakti uh, website for free download. So it's it's a very good resource if you want to learn these details about the the covered girls and covered boys, about their age and clothes and so on. And they can be quite useful for meditation. So any questions or, or comments this time? I have questions. Maybe too personal, but can you tell us what kind of Krishna do you remember the most? <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't remember Krishna so much. <laughs> But uh, sometimes I remember him. I like to think about Krishna uh, standing on the bank of the Yamuna under a Tamal tree, playing his flute with Radha by his side. This kind of simple meditation I like very much. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I'm usually thinking of uh, my Krishna, the, the Krishna on my our, our altar at home. Sargrahi, can you give darshan? Because she's there in the city. I'm now in the countryside, but she's there with, with Krishna. So she will give you darshan of our uh, Sharguj Mahaprabhu, uh, the six-armed form of, of Maha, Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev, with two hands like Krishna like this, and then two hands like Chaitanya down and, and Rama like this. And then there's Giriraja also in the middle. There maybe you can see the eyes. I received this Shila from uh, uh, Shila Gopananda Bon Maharaj in Vrindavan. And there's also Shalagram uh, on the side. Uh, Lakshmi Narayana and uh, uh, Shesha and uh, Hayagriva. But we can also think of them as, because you can see any shalagram as any form. So you can think of this one that is round like that, which is according to the scriptures is Lakshmi Narayana because there's two chakras in the middle. But we can also think that uh, this kind of fat chakra, that has to be Madhumangal. And then on the other side, uh, this Ananta Shesha, 
Urshila with lines. I don't know if you can see it, the kind of triangular here. Who is Ananta? Well, that's Balaram, of course. And then uh, 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 there's uh, 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 Sridam. So there's Krishna and the cowherd boys. You can think like this as well. So I guess that's uh, this form of Osharbuj, that's the form of Krishna that I usually think of when I think of Krishna. But again, I it would be nice if it was more often. Anything else? Yes. Thank you for the class. And um, last year when we were in Madhavan, Guru Maharaj asked us, how old is Radha? And I say something like one year and something younger than Krishna. Because I heard that I never read it anywhere. But the day after, he said that uh, he told us uh, that Radharani, she's only one day younger than Krishna. No, like one month. Like one month. Like whatever from Janmastami and at that time. And, he, ah. and the thing ah, is, yeah. we, we can't remember the details, but he gave some Praman from Gopal Champu or something like this. We, we, we will try to find what he was saying. But... Yeah, but this is an interesting question because uh, uh, I also remember Guru Maharaj saying something like that in a lecture that Radha is like one week or one day or something like yeah, that. Very so, short time. Mm. But, but the, it, it's not, he didn't mean it exactly like that because I remember somebody asked then afterwards. Mm. But the age of Krishna is uh, described a little bit differently by different acharyas. Oh, okay. so, so if you if you check that up, then uh, uh, I don't think Rupa Goswami gives the age, for example, in, in Bhaktira Samrita Sindhu, uh, in the same way that he gives the age for, for Lalita or Vishakha or like that. Mm. Uh, but uh, so I did a little bit of research and, and what I said was was based on what I had found out. But I think uh, from the point of view of Rasa, it would be a little bit strange if Radha was older than Krishna. No, not older, younger, he's saying younger. Yeah, yeah. but not much. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. And another thing, because I heard that Radharani's main dress, the sari is red, but you say that it's dark color. So you mean dark red or just dark or she changed? <laughs> I guess she does change. Yeah. But uh, uh, maybe I misremembered. But I I I thought that she her her uh, uh, usual dress is like dark dark blue or 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 almost like black like Krishna. Yeah, okay. and it's this is her, Krishna's favorite. Sari of Radharani is red, and her favorite sari is blue. Because for him, when he she is wearing red, she's like his wife or something like that. This explanation I heard some, somewhere I don't remember where. But also in Gora uh, Radha Krishna Ganodesha Deepika is also like there is her favorite is blue. Uh, her favorite is blue, and Krishna's favorite is red. Yeah. Mm. 
So we were both right. <laughs> Thank you, Saragrahi. Thank you. Anything else? And by the way, Haribol, Annapurna, Chandana, Marha, Lord Narayana, Ganga Shakti. I didn't see you before, so I didn't have the chance to, to say Haribol. Thank you again, everyone. Uh, I hope to see you uh, in the other Tatva Vivek lectures. We're so, so fortunate to have lectures uh, every day now. And uh, there will be, as I said, there will be two more parts of, of this Manashiksha series. And um, Shamsaki is here too. How do you old Shamsaki? I, I, my Zoom's not working, so I have to call in, but I've been here every day and it's so, so great to be here with everybody. Thank you. I was wondering if this, <laughs> this 182 and so on was, now I know. Mm -hmm. That's me. I'm here. Yeah, it's, it means so, so much to me. Sorry, I've really been missing the devotees so much, so. Thank you so much. Jai Shishi Guru Goranga Gandhika Giri Dari Shishi Radha Madha Mohan Radha Govinda Gopinatha Radha Damada Radha Sham Sundara Radha Ramana Radha Gokuranda Radha Madha Vada Uchi Kopal Nithai Goushi Sharbuj Giri Raja Ki Jai Jai Vishnupada Paramisupar Radha Kacharya Stotra Sutta Shishi Madha Bhakti Vedanta Tripura Ridev Goswami Maharaj Lagurde Ki Jai Jai Nithile Pravishtam Vishnupada Bhai Charanara Vinda Bhakti Vedanta Swami Maharaj Lagurde Ki Jai Jai Nithile Pravishtam Vishnupada Bhakti Rakshakshita Devo Swamaraj Ki Jai. Jai Nikhtale Pravishtam Shnupad. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Go Swamaraj Lapropata Kur Ki Jai Jai. Gorki Shodas Pabji Maharaj Ki Jai Jai. Satchidana Namuta Kur Bhakti Nur Ki Jai. Jai Vaishnava Sharva Mashlatakanathas Pabji Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai Gurdiya Vedanta Charashala Pradeep Bidibushan Prabhu Ki Jai. Jai Vishnu Chakrartita Kur Ki Jai. Jai Shamananda Shrinivas Narottam Prabhu Trai Ki Jai. Jai Krishna Skavraj Goswamaraj ki jai jai Vyasavata Shri Brindavandasta Kurmashai ki jai jai Shishi Rupa Sanatana Patraganata Shri Jivupalabata Das Raghunachar Goswam Prabhu ki jai jai Namacharishla Haradasta Kur ki jai jai Rai Ramanadari Gaur Parshavrind ki jai jai Prince Gosh Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitya Ananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasari Shri Gaur Bhaktivni ki jai Jai Shantadvip Mayapur, Simantadvip, Majadvip, Kuladvip, Rituadvip, Chandadvip, Majadvip, Modradvip, Kodramadvip, Rudradvip, Patmakashreen, Navadvip, Damki, Jai. Jai Shishi Radha Krishna Gopagopiko, Govardhan Advadashavanamakashri, Vrindavan Damki, Jai. Jai Dvadashavanamakashri, Jai. Jai Radha Kundasham Kunda, Ganga Yamana, Tulsi Bhaktidivki, Jai. Jai Purushottam Damki Jai Shishi Chakanath Balvev Swadrasarshanaki Jai Jai Vakti Vignavinashankar Shini Shingade Bhagavan Ki Jai Jai Vaktavarabara Pralad Maharaj Ki Jai Char Vaishnava Sampradagi Jai Char Vaishnava Chariki Jai Char Damki Jai Char Vedaki Jai Grantaraj Shumar Bhagavatam Ki Jai Akaramataraj Shri Chaitanamat Ki Jai Tadiya Shakhamatasuma Ki Jai Sri Chaitanya Sangha Ki Jai Anantakoti Vaishnava Vrinda Ki Jai Bhuvan Mangal Haranam Sankirtan Ki Jai Samagata Gaur Bhakti Rindi Ki Jai Gaur Hare Manande Hare Hare Bo
प्रभु प्रभु की जाए। हरी 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 ह